0: This is Leisha Holmes and I am your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media. I'm really excited to introduce to our channels today a familiar face to those who are on LinkedIn and who follow well-being and mindfulness and coaching and best practice. This is Mike Watman, who is the Director of Team Head Coach and I'm so thrilled to welcome you today. How are you Mike? I'm good thank you very much for having me. Well, you're very welcome. So for those who are not yet familiar with you and what you do, give us an introduction. What do you do?
1: Of course. So I have a bit of a hybrid, <coughs> a bit of a hybrid background. So I've got 12 years working in uh, recruitment. So I kind of came out of university, um, all medical based degrees. I did a, an undergraduate in medicine, uh, medical physiology and then did a master's degree in, in nutrition and kind of came out and uh, came out of university not know, really knowing what to do. Uh, and, and stumbled across recruitment as, as many people did mm-hmm. sort of 10-15 years ago there wasn't as much of a, uh, a brand or I suppose awareness around recruitment and, and the opportunities that it can bring you so I started in that and absolutely adored it loved it started as a trainee worked my way through to principal consultant and eventually sales manager team leader etc 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 and then had a slight sort of change in career path I was working for a a business that was um, bought out as part of, a, as part of an acquisition. Um, and so with that, they looked to grow rapidly, uh, global expansion, and they wanted to try and improve the internal kind of like training offerings um, and bring it all in house. And um, I was asked if, if I would, would like to have a go at, at doing so. Um, and like every overly competitive man, I said yes. And then I thought I'd figure out the how afterwards. And um, the reason why I was asked is because outside of work, uh, and the reason why it's coaching now, uh, is I have probably 15 years experience working in professional or elite sport. Um, so I played rugby to a high standard, then did my coaching badges after injury curtailed that, um, so coached at a national league level, um, and then also worked with professional athletes in football, golf, rowing. So I had a real kind of coaching background and, you know, human performance, Maximising human performance uh, and really kind of empowering people to to you know to fulfil their potential is just a huge passion of mine. Um, it's something that I you know I, I you know strive to improve every single day, um, both over myself or everyone that I work with. And so so that leads me to to really kind of today where uh, Team Head Coach is a business that works specifically within the recruitment market, uh, working with sort of small to medium size recruitment businesses that are looking to scale. Um, primarily working with kind of future leaders and and billing managers, which is the toughest role in recruitment to turn them into world-class leaders, to be able to help them create and grow their business and their teams to, like I said, maximize and fulfill, fulfill their potential. And that's, that's kind of what fills my, fills my diary at the moment.
0: Absolutely brilliantly done. That was a superb introduction what an eclectic blend of skills, experience and value you bring to our amazing sector. And, And that's clearly listener, Why I invited Mike on today, because what we're going to talk about today is creating high performance culture and ensuring that you are uh, somebody has a growth mindset and how you then attract and retain those with growth mindset so I'm so excited to sort talk to you about these passionate topics because clearly I can see if you're watching us on YouTube you know Mike's getting as animated as I do when I get excited about something so it's really it's very clear that's why you're very successful at what you do and, and thank you for sort of positioning yourself accordingly because I think that anyone that's listening will will probably you know there is will be pricking up now thinking about what can I do so you know bearing in mind that our listener is probably your catchment as well it's those those aspiring leaders as we like to say those who are running recruitment businesses of all all sizes you know right across the globe what exactly is a high performance culture let's really define what that means and then how do we go about creating what we'd like to think is a high performance culture so so let's define it first and then we're going to talk about what we can do to achieve it
1: within our businesses so the first thing to to be clear about is there is no such thing as like a perfect one size fits all culture there is a perfect culture for this situation in which the business finds itself in a startup business of three people doesn't require the same kind of culture as a business with 30 to 50 heads Mm -hmm. it's a completely different environment so the first thing that, that needs to be really really clear with people is you know there's nothing wrong with imitation and it's you know it's one of the best things to do is to to learn and to, to observe others and see what they do uh, and bring that in to try and make it work for yourself but what's really important is you don't just try and replicate it straight away so one of the things i hear a lot about culture which makes me laugh because obviously i've got a rugby background and so a lot of people business owners will read um the the book legacy which was the business book based around the all blacks and their culture and stuff yep. Um, and they go, well, I kind of read that book. And then I tried to implement the stuff where they, they, they took out their own bins and we had it, but it just didn't really fit. Of course it's not gonna fit. Like that's a high performing sports professional team. And you're, you're a five man recruitment business. It's a completely different setup. So the first thing to be really, really clear on is that there is no such thing as like a one size fits all. This is what a perfect culture looks like. There's a perfect culture for each business. okay, and That's what's really important to try and understand. I think, you know, Pep Guardiola, the Manchester City boss, says that the best coaches are just the best idea thieves. Yeah. So what they do is they steal ideas from other people, but then they mould it to their own environment. And that's what leaders have to do to try and pick and choose other ideas. You know, even they might hear something on this podcast today that's a good idea. Then how can I make that fit for my team? Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, a high performance culture is based on constant improvement. Okay. It's based on constantly showing up, consistency. Um, consistency in performance is massive when it comes to, to high performance. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to limit the differences between what a good day and a bad day looks like. Okay. Successful teams that continually show a positive trajectory in growth have a smaller gap between good and bad. Okay. Because then you kind of grow. Whereas if you have a big gap, you're constantly going up and down. And then you're basically just moving in a flat trajectory. So high performance is around showing up consistently with the right behaviors. And, and then really, i say really trying to minimize, trying to minimize the the differences between good and bad, how we establish it. So what you you know, you're the leader, you've got your business, you've got your team, you've got your, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to grow the most important thing. And probably the words that I use most every single day is clarity. Okay. Before you start anything, you need to have clarity. So firstly, clarity in what are you trying to achieve as a team? Mm. Where are you trying to get to? And then how are you going to get there? Yeah. So the reason why, you know, what you're trying to achieve as a team is, is your purpose. Yes, right? So we talk about the importance about having a purpose-led environment and, and having a purpose is hugely powerful when it comes to performance. Reason being is that, a purpose connects with the people in the team emotionally rather than it being a binary figure Yes, because binary figures can have, can, be, you know, can, be, can be crippling because they, one, don't really mean anything because they're just a number on a board, mm. but two, we, we make decisions on whether it's achievable. Say, for example, our team target was a million pounds sterling by the end of the year and it's October and we're on 600,000. We're not going to achieve that so what's the point of carrying on? That, I, I totally agree with you. equally we're at nine hundred thousand in october oh we're going to smash that we can take a foot off the gas <laughs> whereas if it's a purpose that is that is sort of emotion-led or actually means something and connects with the people in the team then what that does is it prevents that dip and peak and trough performance mm-hmm. because they've always got const- constantly something to strive for yeah And Deloitte did a study in 2019 where they found that purpose led businesses so like your Apples and your Googles and your uh, all sorts in in the world um, have on average have a higher market share. They grow three times faster than any other competitor business. They do all of this with a higher level of uh, employee engagement and satisfaction. So and retention retention, i presume retention yeah exactly so find me a business leader that doesn't want to grow three times faster than their competition they're doing it organically by keeping their people happy yeah so that's why that, that purpose part is so important but then not only what do we want to be we want to be you know um we want to be seen as being the most compliant recruitment team in the business or we want to have the best um offer to acceptance ratio in the business whatever it might be there's something that's going to connect you but then once we know where we want to go we need to know the how so you want to have a game plan of course okay what you want to try and do is you want to limit the amount of thing of uh interference that goes on in the mind of the people when they're trying to to deliver their activities so one of the key things you want to do is i said have a game plan people need to know how they're going to get there Okay. So you've got your why, but you need your how as well. You need your how as well, because yeah. once you've got that established, you've got your winning behaviours. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I mean by winning behaviours is that if you look back in any time where you've had success, yes. you were doing certain things. Yeah. Success leaves clues. It's not by accident. No. Okay? So what was I doing well? What were we doing well? What ratios did we have? You know, what was our client re-engagement like? What were we doing? okay this is what we were doing this is what we were not doing so let's do more of this and less of that mm. and if we do that then we know that provides that drives success yeah so let's agree on what we're going to be doing and, and every culture every high performance culture has a set of agreed behaviors that are non-negotiables that are just expected behaviors that are going to help you get to where you want to get yeah. to okay and the tipping point for any successful team is when these behaviors are policed within the team, they're okay. self policed. Mm. You kind of pick each other up on it. Yeah. Because what you don't want is to be like this parent child relationship where the leader is constantly like, do this, do this. And they're like, oh, yeah, get off my back, man. You're just nagging. <laughs> well, so it's management.
0: You get told it's yeah,
1: yeah. management. Yeah, management, which no, 2021. No. You, like, you want to no. people to feel,
0: like you say, that that minimum expectation, whatever they are, that's yeah. just what's required every day. I you turn up, that's what you do.
1: Exactly. And like I said, you know, that's a great, I love that word, empowerment. Because mm. what you're trying to do is, you know, one of the biggest um, challenges facing future leaders and billing managers is their time pull. Yeah, they, yeah. they feel like they have no time, right? They don't. Whether, <laughs> I, agree, whether I agree with that, I'm not sure. Is it behaviour management or is it time management? That's another conversation yeah. for another time. Great. But to get more of their time back, they need to be able to give Sort of psychological ownership to their team. And in order to do that, they need to invest in them and give make sure they've got the competency to be able to do it. Yes. And also the organizational clarity in terms of what are we trying to achieve. Yep. And that all is all underpinned by that how. So mm-hmm. we've got our purpose, we've got our game plan, we've got our winning behaviors. Um, and then it's about finding the right people, of course. Because you can have the best culture in the world, right? You can have you can have a framework that has brilliant non-negotiables, yet enough space for individual brilliance to thrive. However, if you've got the wrong people in it and bad apples, very quickly, that really good culture can dissipate into something toxic. Okay. Yeah. So one thing I'd always say is take time to hire. Mm. Get the right people in. Waste no time on the fire. Get rid of people who are, who are detrimental.
0: Toxicity yeah. has to go. Well,
1: oh, straight away. Why are, even, because- why
0: are you even considering? I mean, you, you obviously come from a sporting background. So, you know, it's the old adage, isn't it? That you're, you know, you're, you're sort of goal scorer, the one that's kind of getting the, them in the back of the net, but they're absolutely toxic. And yep. to the detriment of the rest of the team, you yep. wouldn't even think twice about managing that those behaviours. So why I mean, on earth, just because your top billers making you money, but they're absolutely toxic and everybody's leaving the company because of them. We hear it all the time. Obviously, I'm a rector X. That's one of the key reasons people actually do choose to leave companies.
1: Think Definitely. about your culture. Like said, it's so important. And, and any successful culture, they put the culture above the results. Yeah. And so it was right. a while ago now, for about sort of five, six, seven years, no, maybe even longer, <laughs> there was a footballer called Zlatan Ibrahimovic. who was at Barcelona. Okay. And Barcelona had a really strong culture, which was based around. Your skills gets you in the changing room, but your attitude det- determines whether you stay in it, which basically means if you don't fit the culture and what we're trying to do from an ethos perspective, I don't care how good you are. No. Uh, and Ibrahimovic, super talented, brilliant player, didn't buy into it at all. He was there one season. So it didn't matter that like, he was, he was gone. So, you know, getting the right people is, is, you know, is key. Um, know to 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 really kind of embedding that culture and then i said the third and final thing is is getting those you know winning behaviors agreed everyone needs to know this is what's expected of me these are my non-negotiables this is how i'm going to win right i'm going to be successful whatever success looks like because success means different things to different people it does so how how am i going to be successful for what success means to me
0: yeah
1: um and then we can, and then we can thrive, and then we can create a high performance environment, and the results will look after themselves. A high performance environment looks after the process; the results look after themselves.
0: Oh, I absolutely love that. There's loads of brilliant sound bites here, Mike. I knew there would be. Well, that leads very nicely onto the mindset aspect of the people that are working in these high performance and highly successful cultures. So, just be, you know, obviously treat me as a layperson here. What's the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset? And how do you know which one you've got? We interrupt this episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at Hoxo Media. Now, recruitment agencies invest heavily in LinkedIn licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at. Given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones, the rest of the time is spent scrolling through LinkedIn, looking for unicorn candidates and target clients. Now, if we look at the recruitment training programmes that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximise the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies and we want to share this message with you. Their academy programme allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimise their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience, where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the academy which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me, and you're an owner of a business, or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really, you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there, and you struggle generally for um, original content ideas, and ultimately, the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So, I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM, either on the link on this message on this episode, or send me a WhatsApp, and I can give you more information on how your agency can
1: benefit from joining this programme. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Okay. So, first thing that should be said is that people can have both, depending on the environment and situation in which they find themselves in.
0: Interesting. Okay. okay.
1: So, I, did a, I was working with a recruitment business uh, who are half based in the US, half based in the UK, um, and we—I put them through a bit of a, a a fixed mindset, growth mindset test to kind of see. Um, and how many were there? There were fourteen people who did it, and I reckon nine of them answered both answers to at okay. least a couple of the questions. Okay. And they were, the questions were set in different settings, so work-based person and in a relationship as in like a romantic relationship person had completely different um st- not sta- standards the wrong word uh flexibility when it came to growth or trying to improve or right. anything like that whereas the, i know others they were they were fixed so so is it, that's the first thing the second thing before we define what they are is that they can be changed okay, okay. so if you sit and listen to this and think oh they're making out that having a fixed mindset is bad and that's what i think i've got don't worry because your mindset is pre- predominantly created by the environment that you're in and create and the kind of the neuroplasticity and the muscle memory that we form every day but it can be unpicked if you take action it just requires you to take action yeah. okay if you're hearing this and you're listening to this and think oh no they made out that having a fixed mindset in a sales environment is, is bad." Don't worry, because you can work on it. It's fine. Well, by it's even so listening kind of to this
0: podcast, you're trying to have a growth mindset. That's my view. You wouldn't... Exactly. Right. Your brain is a muscle, and by actually not listening... You're not, not just listening to Bon Jovi, which there's nothing wrong with Bon Jovi, when you're on your lunch break or you're going for your walk in the evening, you're listening to this because you want to grow and you want to learn something in the 20 minutes that we're recording this. So you've exactly. done it. You've already done it.
1: We're not judging you. So the difference, really, growth mindset is the opinion that you have the constant ability to improve your own levels of intelligence of talent of whatever it might be skills Mm. you have the ability to improve okay a fixed mindset is when you believe that you were given a certain amount of of talent and ability um and that that's fixed Mm. and once you reach a certain part of your life that's it you're done i'm not going to improve anymore it's kind of the old dogs new tricks kind of saying is is that kind of idea so mm. people with a fixed mindset are very rigid they constantly look for for reaffirmation in the fact that um you know say for example a fixed mindset person might say i'm you know there's no real point in me calling this client because they haven't picked up for the last five times they call them ring ring they don't pick up see i told you yeah. Yeah. they're constantly looking for reaffirmation to to cement that belief system that but it, you know stuff just happens to me i have i can't impact it yeah um which is why like i said in order to change a fixed mindset you want to take action okay and rather than saying it won't you change the mindset and you change the conversation in your head to what if okay what if client did pick up this one time Ooh. what if they were you know working fully um home-based the last five times because they've been in lockdown so I haven't been able to get a hold of them. Whereas now they're back in the office. Well, what if I, they pick up now? Yeah. Like, what if, what if, what if? Okay. Um, and, and fixed mindset people are constantly looking for for metrics for reassurance. They love metrics. Mm-hmm. They love numbers that tell them what they've done. Oh, yeah, I've got four hours on the call stats. I've got, oh, I've got ten. They love numbers because it just it reaffirms things. Mm-hmm. Another, word, another way to describe a growth mindset is a performance mindset. And the reason why it's sometimes called a performance mindset it's because it's exactly that. It's focusing on the performance, not the outcome. Okay, so interesting. The mindset is constantly looking for numbers, results, outcome measurements to reinforce a belief system. Okay. So a performance or a growth mindset is all about improvement. It's all about constantly trying to learn and constantly trying to develop and um, and seeing seeing failure. For those of you who are watching, I'm doing bunny. Ears. Seeing failure as a um, as a, as an opportunity to learn as a stepping stone to success rather than a prevention of success that a fixed mindset person might say well it.
0: i just want to focus on the bunny ears because i think failure is <laughs> often seen as this you know drastic thing that we all want to avoid but we all know that we learn best from the mistakes that we make they're all learning curves and you know you e- whether you've got six months of recruitment experience listening to this or 16 years of recruitment experience you think about some of the biggest leaps you've taken in your career, whether it's learning a, a discipline, whether it's learning how to sell a retainer, whatever it might be, it will be from where you've not got it right.
1: Definitely. The There's so much to learn from it. And whereas if you if you've got a fixed mindset and you go, I ah, see, I told you that, yeah. you know, I told you I have not be able to sell a retainer, yeah. Yeah. and you won't do it and you'll believe in and you'll do it. And the trouble is, is that a fixed mindset often causes, is often caused by limiting sort of self-belief or limiting self-doubts and those conversations in our mind where we kind of go oh we focus so much on the outcome or we focus so much on that big goal that it becomes overwhelming yeah and so what it does is it forms a negative feedback loop in your brain Mm. so you're about to make a call and you go oh no what if they don't what if they don't pick up you know that doubt in your mind that interference in your brain you overthink you overthink And then so you don't make the call and then you don't make the call so you don't achieve your target and then the next time you're faced with another call you think oh i I panicked when i got here last time so i I didn't do it maybe i can't do it or maybe maybe the same
0: thing will happen again so i'm not going to do it it's just a
1: loop it goes over and over and over again so what you want to do instead is you want to take action okay and and, you know to answer the second part of the question as to how does this benefit leaders to be able to spot the difference is that often someone with a fixed mindset will be looking for reasons not to do something because they don't want to highlight a limitation that they have.
0: Yeah, They might
1: feel overwhelmed. They might feel they might have, you know, some of of it's really tough and they have a lack of self-worth, which is horrible for people to see. But they don't feel like they deserve the success, so they don't make the call. And, And that's a real extreme. But, you know, a lot of people have struggled huge amounts with their mental health over the last kind of 12 months. And, you know, it's led to a lot of people really kind of doubting whether they're right for, for certain roles. And so a lack of self-worth is a, is a genuine challenge that the leaders need to look out for. And, and so a fixed mindset person might be slow in, you know, in, uh, in putting forward an idea or they might sit at the back of meetings and they might, you know, if you suggest a new process, they might not do it straight away. And they, they hesitate because they just feel overwhelmed by it at all because they just, it, it seems impossible. So best ways to help them tell them it's fine. Tell them it's okay to have, get emotional about this stuff. Tell them it's okay to have a negative feeling and a worry because it's part of being human that we, our brain's job is to protect us. We see Mr. Client as a threat because it's scary and we don't like rejection. So we're going to have an, a, an emotional response to it. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with them. It's about identifying it and then figuring out how we can break it all down, chunk it all up, yeah. make it manageable. and then we, And then as leaders, it's then our job to celebrate every single little win and then we slowly build the confidence back up we get the smile back on the face we get the endorphins going and all of a sudden we've got a new recruiter on our team who's overachieving happy and engaged and performing performing to her maximum again so that's how it can help but it comes down to action that's taken isn't it
0: and that and that leads very nicely to something else that i know you're hugely passionate about which is all around sort of lifestyle changes and I think that if you're listening to this and you you already know that you want to make positive changes to your entire life not just your recruitment career or how you lead your team but it's down to the lifestyle choices and a large part of that can be sort of the things that we feed ourselves with whether that's through podcasts listening and digesting books etc but actually food that we eat and the way that we rest our bodies, and the way that we're mindful about that. So, I think it'd be a very nice way to, to finish this incredible podcast, which is all about creating better well-being for everybody. So, talk to us about the foundations for that, because you are, you know, you are a trained medical professional as well as a recruiter and a coach. So, give us a holistic view of what we can all do to ensure that we're maximizing ourselves.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, before any people start calling me with um, problems and rashes and stuff, it's nutritionist. rather no, no. than medical. Nutrition. Profession. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Rather than uh, yeah, anything else, broken ankles and stuff, go to somebody else. Don't send in those photos, guys. Just don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, call one one one. No. Um, so um, yeah, like I said, nutrition um, and, and lifestyle choices un- is is a foundation for it all because we know the rewards of recruitment, right? The, the most obvious one is the financial security, um, but also you know, self development, meeting people, talking to people. You know, there's a huge amount, that a lot of the a lot of the major pulls for people in recruitment is is financial security and financial freedom. But for me, wealth isn't how many zeros you have in your bank account. Wealth is about the memories that you have with the people that you love. Wealth is about how healthy you are. Wealth is about how much you enjoy the life that you have. We work for 70% of our life, so we have to enjoy what we do. But we have to also make sure that the rest of our life is in balance because if you dedicate all your time to work the rest of your life as in the other compartments of your life will suffer. Yes. You know, your health. If you, you know, I know people that used to work, you know, they used to cope with like three or four hours sleep um, because they wanted to, you know, speak to certain candidates or get through, mm-hmm. but let's just, th- just break that down think about what that means. Right. You're, you're prioritizing work um, and, and you're living to work. Basically, that's what you're trying to do the only reason you're alive is to work but you you, you know what you're doing you're not you're not getting your sleep your sleep is vital when it comes to you know growth hormone release when it comes to rebuilding when it comes to your health when it comes to your cognitive performance when it comes to your you know trying to fight colds and yeah your immune system needs sleep your immune system needs it if you're if you're working like that then your nutrition nutritional balance is going to be off you're going to probably skip breakfast or have a, a coffee and a banana for breakfast so you can get in and then you'll grab a boots meal deal to go for lunch. Cause it's quick. And then you might grab like a, a, a kebab or a pizza or whatever on your way home because you know, it's late and you can't really be asked to cook and yeah. you know, your, your partner's already eaten. So you can't really. And all that does is it just, it creates inflammation and it creates imbalance inside. And after a while that's detrimental to your health. Of course it Overexposure to inflammation and causes all sorts of, of medical conditions. And it's, it's all caused by by our diet and us looking after ourselves. And it's the same with hydration. You know, hydration is so important. We overlook it and think, oh, I've had like six cups of coffee today, that's liquid going in my body. But it's not though, because caffeines are diuretic. Yeah. So we're actually dehydrating ourselves. And if we, you know, from a from a physical performance and from a cognitive performance perspective, if our hydration status drops below one percent and that's the time that we feel the sensation of thirst mm. so if we're already thirsty we're already past the level i'm about to describe so if thirst is one percent dehydration at that point our cognitive ability has already dropped our ability to think clearly perform to the maximum of our ability has already decreased by over 10 percent. okay so hydration is really important get yourself one of those i'm not endorsed by anyone but get one of those branded um bottles the reusable ones so it's good for the environment and um, and and just have it next to you all the time yeah because i promise you just the having a visual cue of one of those water bottles next Absolutely. to you you'll drink so much more yeah and as i know i do it i've double up to like three to four liters a day now just drinking water just because i've got one of those bottles it's a cue, and i used to be terrible at it but but lifestyle choices are important so you know dedicate time to spend time with your partner
0: mm. you know
1: you know, book in date nights or, or, or book in like trips away, something to look forward to yes. make sure that you're getting out and getting some exercise, even like a 10 minute hit session in the morning or, a, um, or a 20 minute walk at lunch, fresh air, endorphins, vitamin D when the sun comes out, mm. all of this stuff is vital for your performance because if you're that driven by work, you want to perform at your best. And if you're not looking after all these other compartments of your life, then your performance at work is going to dick. Then you're going to get angry and then you're going to, then it's not going to be enjoyable for anyone. So, so get your exercise, create your memories, fuel yourself, right? And then the work bit will look after itself, but it's so important to look after number one, because at some point in you know, life, you get one, you get one go at life and it's not even guaranteed at that. Right, and at the end, it's not going to be about how many zeros you've got in your bank. It's about how many memories you've got. I agree.
0: I think so. That's what that's what focus. I love it, and everything that you said. I mean, I, I'm you know the fittest I've ever been as I head towards fifty. I do a hit four or five mornings a week, literally 10, 15 minutes. Yep. I do walk. I mean, unfortunately, my dog passed away this year, but I still make sure I go out as if he was with me. Um, and I do ten thousand steps minimum a day. Fast, you know, Is I it? get my heart pumping. And I agree with you totally that vitamin D, you know, especially in the in the UK, guys, we don't get much of it. So mm-hmm. if you need to just do a walking meeting while you're on the phone, just say, I'm actually going out for a walk at lunchtime because I'm not going to get a chance and it's going to rain the rest of the day. Do it.
1: You know, don't Don't think <laughs> well, like weekly reviews, right? So you obviously we can if it's a nice day and you're like an aspiring leader and you've got your like your mentor and two people or something. It's the day where you're going to be in back-to-back meetings. Yeah, do it on a walk. Absolutely. Have it outside. Go for a and I, I've got a
0: client, and I am going to name check him actually because he's um he, he won't come on the podcast, and I know but I've asked him in the past, and that's absolutely fine. But he's a remarkable man because he's been doing walking meetings for about ten years. He's called Doug yeah. McKay of Collingwood Search. And they're based in um, Tarpley, right next to a golf course. And he's been doing that for 10 years. They go and have a meeting, a review, walking around the golf course at lunchtime. So people have been doing it. And everything you've said there, I'm going to summarize before we finish. It's all about doing these things mindfully. I've been drinking mindfully. I I get myself a glass of water before every podcast. And I know that during the podcast, I will drink. You are mindful when you're eating. So you're not just grabbing something from a shop. And eating it at your desk i do eat on the go but i will think right what do i actually want to eat what am i going to put in my body today and it's it's taking the time we're all so busy and especially re- recruitment leaders you know it's the hardest job to do you said that right at the start of this podcast but you know recruitment leaders and building managers we're, we're we're creating revenue and we're trying to create cultures of creating revenue so mindfully think about everything that you do because if you spread yourself too thinly you'll do everything badly So do one thing well at that moment. And that Mm -hmm. includes eating, sleeping, you know, doing things with your partner, playing football with your kid. Just put, even if it's 10 minutes, just stop. I think that's been an amazing, amazing listen for people. And if you haven't, during this podcast, gone and got a glass of water, I'll eat my hat. Please follow Mike. I think Mike, you're quite prolific on LinkedIn and social media. And we're really grateful for everything that you've given us today. I think you've get, you've really made people stop and think, I reckon, today. And that's so, you know, people don't talk enough about nutrition and sleep within a recruitment context. And we should be doing because actually we we need to look after ourselves because it's a burnout sector otherwise.
1: So thank you so much on behalf of our audience. We're really grateful to you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully, like I said, um, yeah, it's been, been helpful. And people, even if you take one thing from it, um, then that's that's good for me. But as should as said, feel free to um, to follow me on, on LinkedIn I put out stuff every day um, content up every day for, for all these kind of various topics so um, feel free to connect with me on there I'm an open connection so um, connect with me on there and uh, I look forward to, to helping you more moving forward
0: definitely make sure we'll make sure everything's shared on there but thank you so much for joining us today We're really grateful to...